0: Every leader of a growing business has experienced a restless night. A night where a new opportunity or daunting challenge got in the way of a decent night's sleep.
1: When I'm up at night, I think About how to maintain culture.
0: Where the company is headed. Like, what is the business challenge, you know, three steps
1: ahead. That keeps me up. I worry that we won't grow fast enough. Making sure that people are feeling like they belong. I had somebody resign today. I have one meeting about billing, which I am looking forward to, actually. I find it fascinating.
0: (laughs) From WeWork and Gimlet Creative, this is Up at Night. I'm John Henry. On this show, I talk with successful leaders of mid-sized businesses about how they've grown their companies and found success. But this isn't their onstage boardroom pitch. I call them up at night when they're off the clock and hear what's really been keeping them up. Meet Sydney Sloan, CMO at the sales engagement platform, SalesLoft which has WeWork offices in New York, San Francisco, London, and Guadalajara.
1: When I've set expectations for myself and I don't deliver like I want to, that keeps me up. What else could I have done? What can I learn from it, right? Like I want to knock it out of the park every time.
0: I caught up with Sydney on a Monday evening. She was working at a sales loft headquarters in Atlanta.
1: It's just a little after six, the last group of our customer success people just left. And I'm sitting with a beautiful view of the city, actually.
0: Sydney's a leader you call in when you want to accelerate and scale growth. She has over 25 years of experience in the marketing space. And this includes 16 years at Adobe, during which time the company grew from around 2,000 people to over 8,000 people. Sydney joined Sales Loft as CMO in 2018. And it's her drive for excellence and obsession with hitting targets that keeps her up at night. So how would you describe the point you're at right now with the company?
1: The absolute growth that we're experiencing. I've never had the good fortune to live in this kind of hyper growth before. And so where we did more revenue in the last quarter than we did in the first five years of the company. Wow. Right? And so, and continuing to scale and grow 100% year on year. You know this, you're an entrepreneur, right?
0: Yeah, but that's atypical.
1: Yeah, it, oh, it is. We're, we're definitely on the, the atypical, yay, side of growth. Um, <laughs> but it's scary. I know how much pipeline we need to generate in order to continue to scale the business at the level we are and where I can see it working and then where we have that gap. And we've got to go attack where those gaps are and figure it out. And we don't have a lot of time.
0: What's the scariest part of that growth?
1: Continuing to deliver on the numbers. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. You talk about a role of a CMO and all the facets of my responsibility. But at the end of the day, revenue is the thing that counts the most. It makes it a lot easier to have happy employees and happy customers when you're hitting your revenue targets.
0: So salesoft is growing like crazy this fast pace means that in order to deliver the numbers she needs, Sydney's constantly fine-tuning her strategy. And one thing she's learned over her career is more isn't always the answer.
1: We can't keep adding more and more features. You can't keep adding more and more projects. Yes, we still want to innovate, but find the programs that work and milk the heck out of it. And so, hey, that lunch and learn program worked, or this email campaign worked, or this ebook worked. worked, like, <laughs> like milk it. <laughs> Get as much out of it as you can until it's every juice is squeezed out of it. There also might be timing. Sometimes you do need to go back and try something again, and maybe it was just the market wasn't ready or the team that was executing wasn't ready. What's old is new again. Email being an example, you know, or direct mail. Like, there's too much email. Now we're going back to direct mail. And, you know, now that's the end thing because the pendulum has swung so far that everything digitally is noise. Hey, direct mail. Let's try that again. Oh my gosh, it works. That's great. And so I, I think just that things can be cyclical.
0: So do you ever have a moment of like complete panic in your day? Like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do.
1: I wouldn't say panic. No, I think I've done enough yoga over the years and know <laughs> my role as a leader that that's my job not to panic. I do get fired up. You can light me up. Like I can uh, probably, you know, get overly passionate.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so what's a time like you got overly passionate? Like what gets Sidney Sloan fired up?
1: There's a couple other folks on the leadership team where we all have strong opinions and it's kind of strange. I'm one of the oldest people now at the table. And so, you know, I have more experiences than some, and, and I've always had a strong opinion. You you talk to anybody that's ever known me. And so I have had to learn how to respectfully kind of disagree.
0: Mm. So are you guys like debating creative concepts? No. Or, or is it like direction of the company?
1: This is like strategy. And I'm thinking particularly of examples where, the CEO, the head of sales and I are all looking at it from different angles and kind of talking over each other. Having the trust to be able to have the debate is good. Sometimes it takes that passion to pull it apart. Like, what are you saying? Do you right. Are you saying that marketing is not doing their job or sales isn't doing their job or this team versus that team? And like really trying to get to the heart of the matter. And at the end of the day, the CEO is the decision maker. And he has to make the hard decisions. And that's not my position. So at the end of those debates, you know, we agree and align and move forward.
0: Mm. I'm so fascinated by the dynamic between CMO and CEO. Mm -hmm. Like you guys are both sitting high up in the company, and you're both vision setting. So are there ever moments where you feel like you'd make a different call? And if so, how do you deal with that?
1: The way that I try to look at my role is strategic first. I am thinking about the entire market opportunity and the experience that we deliver to our customers for their full life cycle. The part that I think is different in the CEO versus CMO world is like the financial strategy, the growth strategy. Are we going to become an IPO? The decision process behind that that the CEO has to make That's his call and they're in that seat for a reason and they take all the inputs from all the different stakeholders and make the call. And I may agree or disagree, but I've learned it's better to be aligned sometimes than to be right.
0: At any company, but especially one in hypergrowth, alignment is key. And in order to stay aligned, even small tensions need to be addressed. This is important to Sydney and to Sales Law CEO Kyle Porter.
1: We had a, we call it a clearing session this morning, where he and I both know there's a couple challenges we're facing. It's around, you know, content and what our strategy is. It's something that we've been working <laughs> on, but... He keeps on poking <laughs> and it just, and we both know it's like, okay, we're, we're poking at each. other. Okay. He poked, I poked. And then like, you know, this morning I was like, Hey, can, can I have a clearing session with you? I'd like to just talk through, like, I'm frustrated because these are the facts. My part in this is, um, this is how it makes me feel. And then he said it back and we got to an agreement of, Hey, you know what? Let's just talk about it. At the end of the call, we're good after, you know, maybe a week and a half of, eh, getting frustrated.
0: At the same time that Sydney's working with executives on high-level strategy, she's also managing the team that executes that strategy. And it's not always easy.
1: Um, I had somebody resign today, so that's always a challenge. You have an extremely high-producing, hard-working person leave, and then you worry about how that impacts the rest of the organization. Cause you know, the 10 people that she was supporting are now, oh shit, what am I gonna do? Like, she was working on this for me or that for me. Like, how am I gonna get my part done? When I was talking to her, you know, we were reflecting on what could have gone differently. What did you learn? What did I learn? And then, you know, what do we take from that? I think the other thing that, and this is maybe something that's different about me than other people is that a lot of times for high performers, you try to save them. I've been saved a couple of times in my career and I just, I, I struggle with that.
0: What do you mean by saved?
1: When someone resigns or says they're gonna quit and you know you end up going back and giving them the job that they said that they wanted or paying them more to stay, um, changing their role.
0: Mm, got you. And you found that doesn't work.
1: I've seen it way too many times. It might give you that short term, but the person was already ready to go. They're going to end up going later. And then what's that ripple effect in terms of the team? It's like, well, so I have to threaten to quit if I want to get promoted? Because that's never how you should promote somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Warning, you know, if you're working on my team and you (laughs) you think that's going to be a strategy that's going to (laughs) work,
0: not going to work. For anyone listening, don't try to get promoted by quitting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you shared what's keeping you up at night now. Uh, What do you hope is keeping you up at night a year from now or five years from now?
1: I'm working right now on finding what my purpose is. Like, what am I going to do next that's meaningful? Am I going to keep doing what I'm doing or am I going to take a risk and do something different and give back? Five years from now, it's going to be a completely different life than I have today. My kids will be off to college. And so five years from now, yeah, that would be great to be awake because I'm working hard at something that, you know, I'm really passionate about.
0: What are you going to do right now?
1: I mentioned earlier that I had someone resign today. So I'm going to drink a big glass of wine with the person that was leading that team. We're going to talk about, you know, what it is that we need to do. We're actually going to go to Whole Foods and get a salad Um, and they serve wine at our Whole Foods. So we're going to have a glass of wine and a a healthy salad and, you know, reflect on what got us here and then really take that plan to the next level of how do we want to get to the next place and just start executing on that.
0: (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoy your glass of wine tonight.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I was really trying not to drink, but I've already broken it on Monday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was Sydney Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer at Sales Loft. Wow, having 100% year-over-year growth and earning more revenue in one quarter than the first five years combined, that is the dream. But with this hypergrowth comes intense pressure to continue hitting targets that are always moving forward. I love that Sydney shared some deceptively simple approaches to actually delivering on the numbers. Things like milking every drop out of what is working and giving older approaches another shot. Same thing when it comes to managing tensions in the C-suite. Sometimes it's as simple as having a call to clear the air and remembering that it's more important to be aligned than to be right. Next week on the show, Claude Silver of VaynerMedia. She's the company's chief heart officer. Life for every single
1: person that is in this company starts when they wake up in the morning and ends when they go to sleep. I don't care just about the eight to nine hours that they're here.
0: You've been listening to Up at Night, brought to you by WeWork and Gimlet Creative. You can listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are out each Thursday. If you like what you've heard, share it with your colleagues. You can also tweet me at John Henry Style. We'd love to hear what you think. And don't forget to visit our blog, we.co slash Up at Night, where you'll find more advice and useful solutions for growing your business. Up at Night is produced by Emily Shaw and Carrie Ann Thomas. Nicole Wong is our executive producer, Sarah Geiss is our editor, mixed by Rob Hahn. Zach Schmidt is our technical director. Our theme is by Marcus Thorne-Bagala. Additional music from Marmoset and Billy Libby. Fact-checking by Soraya Shockley. I'm John Henry. Thanks for listening. And hey, wherever you are, try to get a good night's sleep tonight.